Thank you for coming here today. It's me, Linda Sage, on Learning From Life. One thing I can promise you, there'll be people to meet over the airways here you'll never forget. Some, as long as you live. Let's just say, most have had what could be termed as an interesting life. It's not what happens, it's how you deal with it. And one line from any of them could change the way you deal with things forever. There'd be landing from all parts of the planet, all ages, backgrounds and experiences. Telling the truth of how it was and how they manage things may just help you miss a rock or two along your road too. And a very warm welcome back. I'm Linda Sage and this is, of course, Learning From Life. And yes, I know you hear it every week that I have amazing guests, but of course I do. And this week is absolutely no different. In fact, this week is a lovely lady as an international best-selling author, an award-winning speaker, a business leadership coach, and she is known as the Queen of Reframe. So uh, learning about uh, reframing your business and challenging so you can double or triple your income in record time. And I think that's just about everybody's dream. So uh, no wonder our lovely lady Carol Boston is in so much demand. So Carol, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. And uh, I can see from your clients, say so you are relentless. So uh, it sounds a, bit, a, li- a little bit like you're the tiger there prowling and keeping going for everybody. You know, I am. Uh, The client that actually put that relentless word on my um, website in her testimonial, she happened to be a female family lawyer, and she hired me October 1st of 2018, and when she filled out her intake form, she said that she wanted two things from me. She wanted to hit her weekly income goals in her practice, and she wanted confidence. She wanted to know that when she walked into a room, she had something of value to say. And so we got started. And I have several tools that I use with my clients, including what I call my secret sauce. Now, I don't tell them it's my secret sauce when I get started. My job is just to get them to do it. This woman, Linda, was resistant. October goes by, she's like, "Mm -mm mm-mm-mm, not doing that. November comes up, she said, "Mm -mm mm-mm-mm, not doing that. I stayed after her, I stayed after her. Finally, the week after Thanksgiving, she shrugs her shoulders, rolls her eyes at me and goes, Okay, Carol, I'll do it. And I said, will you do it consistently? And she said, yes. January, February, March, April, and May, we tripled her income every single month over the month over the year before. What are you willing to do that's outside of your comfort zone to get you to where you want to go? Because I I teach, I talk on and I tell my clients, discomfort is the price of admission to a meaningful life. Are you willing to get uncomfortable? Now, she's excited. She's making all this money. Here's what excited me. In, she was in my six-month program, which for her would have run from the 1st of October to the end of March in 2019. And in January, I gave her some homework. And part of her homework was to go sign up at the Broward Women's Alliance to be a speaker. And Linda, I thought she was going to wet her pants. Now, I, I, knew, I knew that there were no openings. They were full. But it was about getting her into action. I'm really, really good at getting people into effective action to get immediate results. So off she went. She finally did it. And then there we are in March. We'd had our first session of what would have been our last month. And at the end of the session, she looked me up and down and she says, So, Carol, you think you can get me ready to run for judge? I'm like looking at my watch going, Well, not in two weeks. When's the election? 
And she said, it's in 2020. And I'm like, well, when? She said, November. And I said, you gonna hire me for another 18 months? She said, you gonna get me ready? I'm like, hell yeah. She said, write up the contract. And the growth I got to see in that woman was phenomenal. She went from no confidence to running for judge. That's what I love about what I do. That, that's incredible. And it, it is. You, know, you, you would think that a lawyer would be perhaps one of the most confident people going because they stand up in court and they make pleas and they, you know, they organise everybody else. But underneath, we all have that little quaky person that is still there and those little voices on our shoulders. Well, absolutely. And here's the thing that's really key. I've worked with a lot of female family lawyers because they have a lot of very common, similar challenges. And they believe that in order to be qualified, they have to be certified. You see, they're certified to speak in the courtroom. They don't know that outside the courtroom, they can still have that voice and have an opinion and not be certified. But you can be highly qualified and never have a certification. Very true, very much. So Carol, let's just, uh, in case our listeners don't know who you are, let's go back a little way and uh, let's find out who who is Carol Boston. <laughs> well, someone told me just a few minutes ago I sounded like Jim Rohn, so I got a big compliment. <laughs> <clears throat> Definitely. That was a fabulous story that you were telling before. <laughs> I am an ex-collegiate and professional tennis player who then through trusting someone else. Actually, there's been three big, big times, pivotal times in my life, Linda, where I've trusted someone else's vision for me until I could believe it for myself. I'll tell you the three times, and if you want one of the stories, I'll tell you one of them. They're all powerful. And it's one of the things I do for my clients. I hold the vision for them of who they were created to be so they can let go of that story that's holding them in the past because it's actually biblical, right? God says you must see and then you must believe and then you see and you must call things that aren't as though they are. And so it's one of the things I help my clients do. So pivotal times in my life where I trusted someone else, it's how I got a tennis scholarship to college because I didn't start playing tennis until I was 15 and had no, had no money for private lessons. I trusted someone else's vision for me um, and that's how I got from Dallas, Texas to Florida and it turned into an almost 27 year highly successful sales career when I didn't know anything about sales. And then it's how I became a professional speaker. Which one of those you'd like to hear? Well, we certainly can go through all of them if you've got time to tell us, because that's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just glued. Yeah, so I was learning, and I, and I wanted to get kids who were, you know, better than even to play with me. So I actually made it on the high school team, and I got to play number six. And that was awesome, because only the top six get to play singles. Here's the good thing. The other five girls on the tennis team all came from money. They all went to Piermont Oaks Country Club and they all had a private coach named Jerry Montgomery. So now I had an opportunity to play with people who were even better than me and they've been playing since they were five years old. Now, like I said, my parents didn't have any money for me to have private lessons. But because I was spending time down there listening to this one pro, he actually built an apparatus for me, not just for me, other people used it. But in my mind as a kid, he built it just for me because I was the only one who didn't have any money. I thought so anyway, and I would go into those tennis courts at 6 a.m. on Saturday and Sunday mornings, and he would give me a grocery cart full of balls, and if I hit my serve correctly, and it hit this wooden apparatus, guess what? It would hit the ball back to me, and I could practice my serve and volley with nobody else on the court. That was a, a, that was a God wink as far as I'm concerned, right? So fast forward to the end of my junior year, 
Now, my dad, who's very Southern, he looks at me, he says, now, Carol, you need to get a job or you need to get an academic scholarship because I can't send you to college. And I said, but dad, I'm going to get a tennis scholarship. And he paused and he looked down his nose at me and he said, like I said, get a job or get an academic scholarship. Now, I want you to listen, folks, even the people that are closest to you, your friends and your family, who you want to support you in your, vi in your vision and in your business are going to be the very ones sometimes that don't. They're scared for you. They don't understand. Maybe they've never owned their own business. But here's the thing. God didn't give your vision to them. He gave it to you, and it's your responsibility to surround yourself with the people who will lift you up, and so that's what I did. And at the end of my senior year, I got offered three full scholarships. They were to universities that were not my first choice, and I got a half scholarship to the university, Louisiana State University, that I wanted to go to. So I took out a loan, and off I went to college. And guess what happened? I started off at number six again. I was ecstatic. Now I'm playing with people who are even better. At the end of my freshman year, when they all took the summer off to rest, I got on the 21 and under tour and traveled the whole summer, playing, learning, working, practicing with the men who hit the ball faster. I, had, I got bruises, Linda, man. I couldn't get out of the way sometimes fast enough. But I came back in August, and this was an important lesson I also use. I have a, a new course called Limitless Leadership, Seven Steps to an Unstoppable Business. And step number seven is raise your game, how to become a professional athlete in your business. And the first part of that is you must show up every day no matter what you feel like. How many times you, you don't do something, I don't feel like it. Mm -hmm. right? the, the second thing you have to be willing to do is to practice when everyone else is resting. And that's what I did that summer. And I came back, and let me tell you, all of the same girls were still there, plus one new freshman. I went from playing number six to playing number two. And by the end of that semester, I was playing number one. And I went on to lead LSU as the number one player and team captain for the next three and a half years because I trusted in someone else's vision for me that I could actually get that scholarship and go do that. That's phenomenal. And there's so many lessons in there as well, yeah, that are mm. so adaptable. Yes. Yep. I use it in personal life uh, examples. I use it in, in business life examples. Um, but it's just really, really important. And I see that that's the space that I hold for my clients. My clients, the very first, my, my, my coaching is very personalized and customized. It's not cookie cutter. But the very first foundational piece I do with every single client is helping them learn who they were created to be so they, they can step into it and own it. Now, I had another female family lawyer, and she hired me, and I'm working with her to customize and craft these 10 to 12 empowered statements. When you said earlier I'm known as the queen of reframe, it's because I use empowering questions, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. Mm -hmm. And so I create these empowered statements. Well, one of the ones I created for her was, I'm a powerful CEO of a fast-growing law firm. She looked at me like I'd lost my mind. She said, my law firm isn't growing. Why the hell do you think I hired you? Now, when the stretch is too big from where they think they are to where they were created to be, for my private clients, I give them a special phrase to put in front of it. And so I gave that to her to help bridge that gap. And I honestly don't know if it was two months, three months into the program. She walks in my office one day, sticks her chest out, and she looks at me. She says, I'm a powerful CEO of a fast-growing law firm. And I said, yes. That belief 
of stepping into who she was created to be, plus all the other work we did. Her testimonial is on my website. And it says, I got more clients in six months of working with Carol than I did in the first four years of my practice. Part of that was what? Owning that she had a fast-growing law firm. We, mm -hmm. we create as we speak. We create as we speak. It's just, it's just phenomenal listening listening to you. It it just I, I know I said to you earlier. You know, it reminds me so much of the empowerment and the tone and the the, the forthrightness of uh, Jim Rowan. But you do, and your your stories are, are so simple yet so powerful. So it's a, it, it's a fantastic learning curve. And it, this is gold, guys. So the good thing about the, uh, being on podcast is you can go back and listen to it loads and loads of times. Mm. So don't miss any of them. Get your pen and paper because this is liquid gold, definitely. Yes. Fantastic, Carol. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. So the next time, you want to hear another story? We love it. Oh, I, I love it. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm spellbound. So I'm just sitting here and it's just like I'm, I'm going back to being in that first auditorium, uh, just spellbound. So there I was. It was in the spring of 1987. I was going through a divorce. My car caught on fire and the insurance company didn't want to pay for it. And so what do you think I did? I called my dad again, right? There's my dad. <laughs> He'd been in the insurance business for 35 years. So I call him up and I tell him my story. And he says, now, Carol, I told you he's from the deep south. He got an accent. Ooh. He says, now, Carol, you know I ain't in that kind of insurance. But if you come home, I know somebody help you get a car, even though you don't have a job. And you see, I didn't have a job because I knew that I didn't want to be a tennis teaching professional my entire life, and that's what I had been doing. So off I go, and I get a new car, and I head over to Dallas, Texas. And I'm living with my second cousin, who was head of personnel for Neiman Marcus. Over here in the States, Neiman Marcus is like your big, um, what's your big um, flagship store over there in Europe, in mm -hmm. London? Harrods? Harrods, yes. So it's, it's similar to Harrods, but it's Neiman Marcus over here. Mm -hmm. And uh, she taught me how to buy the navy suit and the high heels and wear the pearls. Now, this was at a very critical time in the United States because the government had just broken up AT&T, which was the biggest monopoly telephone company in the country. They owned everything. So they broke up the monopoly, and long-distance competition was fierce. It had just started. So I got hired by a company called Metromedia Communications. And the lady who hired me said, can you come in tomorrow and speak to my boss, the vice president? And I'm like, well, sure. I'm thinking I'm big stuff, right? I'm going to go talk to this <laughs> vice president. And she interviews me the next day, and she looks at me and she says, great, I'll see you in Miami, Florida, in a week. And I said, no, you won't. Now, mind you, I needed a job. <laughs> and I said, look, I'm interviewing in Dallas. You have an office in Dallas. My friends from the tennis tour are in Dallas, and my family's three and a half hours away. I'm working in Dallas. Kind of ballsy, huh, for someone who needed a job. <laughs> <laughs> you started so, early. <laughs> and so she calmly looked me up and down and she said, but I need somebody really strong in Miami in a week. And I pushed back again. I'm like, how do you know I'm strong? I've never done this before. And she looked me in the eye, Linda, and she said, just trust me and be there. And so I packed up my car and I went and it turned into an almost 27 year, very successful sales career for Fortune 100 companies oh. because I chose to trust in someone else's vision for me. Who do you have in your circle that has a vision for you that's bigger than what you can see? Or are you listening to the naysayers? 
You see, I love empowering questions. I've been working to master them since early 2015 because empowering questions help you refocus, right? People focus on what isn't working. Empowering questions help you reframe from focusing on what isn't working and they open you to opportunities you've never even considered before. Mm-hmm. I've, my next book coming out next year is gonna be called, You Can't Read the Label When You're Inside a Jar. And we're all in a jar. <laughs> we're all in a jar. But here's the thing, that's why everybody needs a good coach because our answers are right outside of our jar. We just don't know how to ask the right questions to get to the answers that we want. So here's a golden nugget for your listeners. An empowering question, or this is a writer downer folks, an empowering question never ever ever starts with the word why. Why brings in defensiveness, which brings in the ego, which brings in emotion. And when emotions go up, intelligence goes down. It is true for every human being. And I have people that kind of giggle when I'm doing a live talk and they go, yeah, 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 Carol. I I hate it when I get angry. I end up saying stuff that, that I don't mean. And I said, it isn't just when we have decided to label something a negative emotion. They said, what do you mean? I said, well, think about the lady who goes out to Las Vegas to have a fun weekend. She's having a great time, and she, she wakes up the next morning, got some dude in her bed she don't know and a ring on her finger, and goes, what the hell? Her emotions were out of control, but they were good emotions. See, we label, and really emotions just are. So anytime your emotions are out of control, your intelligence goes down. It's true for every human being. How do, why do you think people fall in love? <laughs> right? Oh, that's a, that's a viper's nest. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my goodness. And so there I was, uh, 26 years. We're going to fast forward to the summer of 2014. And I sold over $70 million in revenue, walked the stages, gotten the awards, managed the people. I could do this in my sleep. I thought, I haven't made. Until the day I got that phone call, and they told me they were cutting my territory by 80%. I said, 80%? I've been building this territory for six and a half years. Now, you didn't have to tell me twice, Linda. I thought they were setting me up to fail. Now, I was a weird salesperson because I loved large corporate structure. As a matter of fact, in all transparency, creating my own structure in my business has been my biggest challenge. And I was a rule follower, which is not true for most salespeople. Now, a friend of mine whispered in my ear about an opportunity, a really small company. And I was a little nervous at first because I love large corporate structure. But off I went. And after two interviews, they offered me the job. They doubled my base salary plus commissions, and they gave me a director title. I could just see see the potential, right? Yeah, definitely. So there I I was, six weeks into the job, and I was on vacation. I negotiated it in my contract up front, already paid for the vacation. And I was doing what I thought at the time was being a good employee. I was staying in touch with my boss, the CEO, while I was on vacation. Now, what does, what does Maya Angelou teach us? We do the best we can with what we know, but when we learn better, we do better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do not advocate that behavior for my clients anymore. But there I was, doing the best I knew how, and my CEO sends me an email and asks my opinion on something. And so I replied right back. And I waited. And I waited, because he usually replies right back. So we decided to go out and enjoy our day, and we had dinner and drinks, and we came in 9 o'clock that night, Ding, there goes my phone. Carol Boston, you've got mail. And here's what it said. It said, Carol, comma, that's what you really think? And then it had five question marks behind it. Then it said, do not come into this office 
on Monday when your vacation is over, you're done here. I was like, what? I don't get fired. Did I just get fired in an email? I did. I came back to Florida. I had an interview the very next day. And I interviewed all over this country. Some companies, think about the money they invested in me. They flew me three and four times, hotel, airfare, to crickets. I did this for month after month after month after month, couldn't get a job. And I thought, how ironic is it that I can sell $70 million worth of business for somebody else and I can't close a deal to get myself a job? Now, I was depleting my 401k savings account. Why was that? I was in my freaking jar. All I could see is that I was this buttoned up corporate salesperson. So in my prayer time, many, many months, faith is my foundation. I think you already know that about me, Linda. And yeah. in my prayer time, I said, God, I really did kind of yell this day. <laughs> and, and I said, look, you created me. You know, I'm not cut out to be an entrepreneur. I do not want to own my own business. You got to help me find a good job. And literally two weeks to the day from that prayer, out of the blue, I get an email from a woman that I met one time out of town at a conference. She and I must have chatted 30 minutes, tops. She gifted me a $3,500 ticket to go to Los Angeles to study at Guerrilla Business School. So you see, my God has a sense of humor because Guerrilla <laughs> Business School was a foundational school for entrepreneurs. And I figured, I don't know what I don't know. So off I went. And the very first thing I learned was what caused me to create that title of my next book. You can't read the label when you're inside a jar. We're all in a jar. And then the second thing I learned was about empowering questions and I was amazed and I was determined to master them. So I studied with the best in both empowering questions and in leadership. And in looking back, I've been in leadership my whole life. And what's happened for me in the last few years of owning my own business is I went from being a leader at the back of the room to being a leader at the front of the room. And as I began, I studied with John Maxwell, Michael Strasner, who was a foremost pioneer in leadership, uh, Lisa Nichols Nierka, who is the absolute master of empowering questions. And this was in the May of 2015 I started this. Now, I want to tell you how reluctant I was to be an entrepreneur. Two and a half freaking years later, in the fall of 2017, I've now got two coaching certifications. I've been trained to facilitate high-end masterminds. And I'm still holding on to three products and services to sell into corporate America. I thought I was committed. Here's what I learned. This is a writer downer for you folks. There's a big difference between being committed and being convicted. People decommit every day, don't they? They say, ha, I'm committed to this marriage for life until the day I'm not. <laughs> yes. Right? But when you're convicted, you will not rest until you get it done. And you understand that your comfort and your convenience and your conviction don't live on the same block. They're not even in the same zip code. Discomfort is the price of admission to a meaningful life. So I gave up those other three services and I was all in. No more plan B, no more plan C, no more fallback, burn the bridges, burn the ships and be all in. Now it was December that this happened and in December, this is 2017, my last stop before I decided to give up selling these three services was at Nova Southeastern University. And I had my conversation with this lady. She had met me before. She knew a little bit about my coaching. 
We finished our meeting, we were walking back across campus. It was a blustery winter day, not super cold here in South Florida, but blustery. And she stopped and she looked at me and she goes, I know what I'm gonna do for you. I said, what? She said, I'm gonna hire you. I said, great, to do what? She said, to speak? I said, to speak? She said, don't give me that bullshit, you're a speaker. And I said, uh, who am I gonna speak to? She said, I'm gonna put you in front of 55 to 60 of the top human resource executives in all of South Florida. I thought to myself, holy cow, I'm in a frying pan. And I said, uh, when am I gonna speak? This is December the 9th. She said, mm, probably the 1st of March. I thought, oh Lord, how long am I gonna speak for? She said, 90 minutes. I said, 90 minutes? Now I knew I was in the fire, right? <laughs> and she said, don't give me that. Just send me your CV and your fees. I thought to myself, my fees? Somebody's going to pay me to speak? So as God would have it, it got pushed from March until August the 9th. Now, what was pivotal about that is at that time, I was going into a brand new office and I met two ladies in that office, one who became my content writer. She helped me with my workshops and everything. And the other one happened to be in human resources. And she was at a, in a group at Kaiser University. And she said, I want you to give us a workshop too. But she wasn't the final decision maker. And this is important, folks. How long can you hold your vision? And what are you willing to do? So she introduces me to the decision maker at Kaiser. And this, this woman gave me a hard time for weeks. Oh, I don't know if you're the right fit for our group. Blah, on and on and on. And Lori goes, Carol, just say no. And I said, no, I am not showing up at Nova Southeastern on August the 9th and getting paid to give a workshop, never having done one before. I'll walk through any fire before I do that. And I was in the fire. So August 2nd, exactly one week to the day before Nova, I went to Kaiser and gave this 90 minute workshop. And I came back and I got busy on my next workshop for Nova. So my friends and I, we show up at, let me preface this with telling you, Linda, there was gonna be two keynote speakers that day, me, and a lady who had 15 titles behind her name. She had written books on the brain, and then there was my name, Carol Boston. Wow. I told you, I was in the fire. <laughs> so we get there early, and there's this man across, my best friends were with me to help me set up, and this man across the room, it's about a quarter or seven in the morning, they were serving breakfast. And in his booming voice, he goes, Carol Boston, really, really loud. The lady who hired me looks at me and she looks at him. She goes, Barry, do you know Carol? He said, she is the only reason I showed up today. I thought, holy mackerel. Mm -hmm. Barry and I had worked together for 10 years at AT&T. He knew me very well. So I decided to go help this lady set up. So we're getting her all set up. She's speaking first and she looks at me. She says, so Carol, how long you been on the circuit? I said, what circuit? She looks at me, she goes, the speaking circuit. I kind of chuckled. I said, <laughs> I'm not supposed to tell you. She said, why not? I said, because last week was my very first time. This is my second. Now, she looked at me like either A, I had lost my mind or Nova had lost their mind in hiring me. You see, they paid her more money because she had written a book. And she went first. Long story short is she completely lost the room. 
when it came time for me to get ready to go on stage, I went out, went to the restroom, and I'm standing out back stretching, and the lady who hired me comes out, and I want you to picture this, Linda. She grabs me by both shoulders. She's directly in my face, and she says, you are going to increase the energy in the room, aren't you? I'm like, of course I am. I'm just concerned that 90 minutes isn't enough time to get in all my content. She goes, that's what we want, content. You're not using those damn slides, are you? No, no slides. <laughs> so off I go. Here's my first lesson I learned as a professional speaker. Take your own time cards. Make and take your own time cards. Do them in thick, black, red, whatever color that you can see from across the room. I didn't know that. She said, I'll keep your time for you. When do you want to know? And I told her the three times I wanted to be notified. So there I was, things were going along well, and she's across the room and she holds up the first time card. I just started laughing. She wrote it with a big pen. I'm like, I can't read that. <laughs> and she says, 30 minutes. So I got everybody busy doing an exercise and I went to her and I said, no, 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 I got 45. We started 15 minutes late. She goes, oh yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll change my time cards, Carol. The next time it's time for her to hold up a time card, she's at the far back of the room next to my BFF, my best friend, who was taking video for me, and she held up another one. Now everybody in the room laughs because they know I can't see it. And they both spoke at the same time and I thought they said three minutes and my brain went three minutes. So I just chuckled and I said, give me four and I'll wrap this up. So I wrapped it up, everybody's standing up, they're clapping, clapping, clapping. This woman makes a beeline around the room, gets in my ear and she goes, I didn't say three minutes, I said 30 minutes, sit him down and teach him something because they were getting CEU credits, right? Mm -hmm. I said, okay, so hey, everybody, this is awesome. There's been a miscommunication in time. We've got time for Q&A. We can do every da, da So everybody sits back down. That was another Godwink moment because the people that were in the room, there were three people in the room that knew me, two who had heard me speak the week before at Kaiser, and they all said that last 30 minutes of teaching, I was totally in my element. And as a matter of fact, as your audience has already heard me say, I'll say that's a writer downer. So there I was in the last 30 minutes, we're doing question and answer, telling stories. And um, here's another writer downer for your folks. Never tell a story without making a point and never make a point without telling a story. Here's another thing that you said earlier that triggered me, Linda. You said something about the stories are so simple. That's because simple is doable. Complex, complex is just interesting. How many times have you been to a seminar, listened to a conference, listened to a podcast, whatever it was, and someone said, what'd you think? And you said, well, that was interesting. Because it was so complex, you weren't going to do it. Simple is doable. So we finished up. And a lady walks up to me. And she says, uh, my name is so-and-so, and I'm the vice president of HR for American Express. I want you to come teach this to my people. She said, do you have a business card? And I said, I do. I said, do you have a business card? And she said, I don't. Now remember, I'm a salesperson and I know that it is the salesperson's responsibility to follow up. So the first thing that happened to me was what? A negative thought said, I'll never hear from her again. I had to very quickly reframe that. Mm -mm -mm, what else is possible? What if this is the one time that this person's gonna keep their word? And a month later she did. And that resulted in me being hired six times to speak at American Express in 2019, all because I trusted in someone else's vision for me that I was a speaker. Some, some real pivotal points. And of course, that time in, in well, it's history now, isn't it? Yeah, uh, modern history. But of course, uh, the world changed as well. So uh, life as we knew it started changing.
Oh, absolutely. As a matter of fact, one of those, it was my next to last engagement at American Express in 2019. And it was a, I'm in Florida and this particular division was out in Denver, Colorado. So I'm excited. I'm thinking I'm going to get to go to Denver. I'm going to get out of this heat, go have fun. She says, no, 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 you're not coming to Denver. I said, how come? She goes, because all of my, I want you to think, this is almost uh, nine months, 10 months before COVID. And she said, all of my people are virtual. I said, well, how many people do you have reporting to you? She said, 5,000. One year, one year before that, I had gone through a bucket list program and I put it on my bucket list that I wanted to speak before 5,000 people. Now, in all candidness, I didn't count that because not all 5,000 got to listen at the same time. Their platform would only hold 500 at a time. Mm -hmm. And so I'm used to standing up speaking live. I am not a stand behind a podium kind of girl. I am not, a, I don't want to hold that microphone. If you could see me right now, I'm standing up in my kitchen and I'm moving around. I'm high energy. And so I said to her, can I stand up while I present? And she's like, no, I don't think so, Carol. Nobody, nobody ever does that. I pushed back three or four different times. Why? Because my comfort zone was standing up. I felt grounded standing up. It was all I knew. What did I just tell you? We got to get out of our comfort zone to grow. So I show up on a Monday. It's two days before the live event to do a rehearsal. And the young man there who had been in on these conference calls, he goes, hey, Carol, guess what? I said, what? He said, I figured out a way you could do it standing up. And I said, thank you, but I'm going to sit down. He said, what? I said, the very thing I help my clients with is getting out of their comfort zone. I'm going to get out of my comfort zone and I'm going to do this sitting down. And so I did. Fast forward a few months later, COVID hits and every presentation I do was sitting down. I got to have that experience long before it was needed. And that's how I became a professional speaker, trusted in someone else's vision for me. It's funny, isn't it, how sometimes somebody outside can see things that uh, we just can't see ourselves. Well, that's why everybody needs a good coach, because mm -hmm. we're all in our jar. Very much so. And so, Carol, what's the future hold for you? You've done so much already. So what, what is the future? What uh, are your goals? What are you looking for? Mm. I just had an amazing conversation and I'm getting ready to go into contract negotiations to speak in front of 10,000 coaches in Las Vegas in 2022. Wow. And they're going to have, this is what they say. Like I say, it's a ways away, but they're going to have um, between 30 and 40,000 on Zoom huge opportunity for me to really impact the lives of a lot of people at one time. Um, I'm going to be on big stages working in big groups. I mean, I love the intimacy of my one-on-one -on -one private coaching. Um, it's not going to allow me to scale my business. So that's been a challenge for me to start scaling that back. Um, I love, I love speaking. I love keynotes. And I am also put a stake in the ground that in September of 2023, I'm putting on my first live event, my first three day live event. You want to stay in touch with me. You're not going to want to miss it. You've never been to anything like it. Fantastic. And that's, that's where I'm going. As far as a, a coaching company, uh, down the road, I see myself having, I don't know, eight to 10 other coaches underneath me who all are experts in different areas so that when you come into my program, you come into a family. So for example, let's say when you first come in, you need relationship coaching. 
Great. You work with a relationship coach. Then you need financial coaching. Then you need business coaching. Then you, whatever it is. And so you stay in the family. Everybody gets to know you. You get comfortable and you don't have to leave and go from company to company to company is my long-term vision. It sounds wonderful. And uh, I, I have been to Vegas to several um, large uh, events there. And I've spoken in Vegas as well. Nothing as big as what you're, you're talking about. But uh, it is phenomenal. So if uh, anybody gets chance, even if it's virtually, it's, uh, it's a great yes. way of hooking up. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And Carol, I'm going to just put you on the spot because time, I mean, I'm sure we could talk for hours and hours, but time always gets the better of us. So if you were to say just one piece of advice, I know you say about working with the coaches, but if somebody's sort of sat on the fence and they're not really sure about what to do, they've got a business, but it's not really going anywhere, what would you say? The first thing I would say is that indecision will cost you way more than a poor decision every day of the week. Because at least a poor decision will get you into action. So your number one thing is to take the next step. You don't have to see the whole picture. You take the next step and you trust in the process. And if you want me to be straight up with you, you need to book a call with me because I'm telling you, I am really, really good at getting people into effective action to get immediate results. Um, I decided, being the queen of reframe, back in February, there was a massive, massive snowstorm that hit Texas all the way down to Mexico. They were so unprepared. The electrical grid went down. People were dying in their homes because it was so cold. And I thought, how can I reframe this bad thing? So I decided I would do a snowmageddon offer, $97 for 90 minutes to get you a clarity to cash call. You'll get totally clear on what's gotten you stuck and you will get the effective action steps you need to take to get you from where you are to where you wanna go. It's like an 88% discount, right? So I just threw it out there. And Linda, people started booking those calls. The first lady had wanted to, as a matter of fact, I had a call with her this morning. She had wanted to be an entrepreneur for 35 years. She'd been to all the conferences, read the books, talked to the people, could not figure out what was keeping her from getting into action. I had her into action in 24 hours. 24 hours. She then became a private client. Had another lady, took the call, gave her homework. We were gonna have a follow-up call two weeks. She, she emails me within eight days and says, I don't know how. First, you know, she says, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. I don't know how you got this to happen. She said, but I got two new clients this week and 75 new people on my email list. That's like never happened. I have another client. She's actually a past producer for many, many years of television for QVC. And she took the call she grew one of her revenue streams 33% in two weeks. So I'm really, really good at helping people get into the effective action they need to take. And if you don't want to talk to me, you must invest in you at the level that you want to play. If you want to play at a big level, I don't know, maybe you want people to pay you $2,000 a month to coach, whatever it is, you must be willing to invest that in you. That, that is a great point about the uh, investment in yourself. It's not an expense. It is an investment because no. you're de- developing yourself and your business. Yes, absolutely. It's absolutely an investment. You must step up in personal leadership because here's the thing. My last stint in corporate America, I watched these young kids come in and let's just say they sold 100000 this year and they sold a hundred, they sold a hundred, and all of a sudden in their fourth year, they sold $300,000 in revenue. I watched them. 
They're like, yeah, now I'm going to sell 300000 every year. What do you think they did, Linda? They went right back to selling $100,000. Couldn't figure out why. They didn't do the personal development growth to sustain that. The new one, yep. They didn't invest in themselves to grow and develop into leadership. It's really all about personal leadership. And getting hold of Carol is absolutely really easy because uh, she's got a very simple uh, uh, website. It's just her name. So carolboston.com. So you can have a look and there's loads of information on there. And it's also very, very easy to get a personal call with her as well, straight from her website. So uh, hook up with Carol and really, really, you know, it's it's a gold mine. Just, just do it. It's a great way of bringing yourself and your business forward. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on today. I really appreciate it, Linda. Thank you so much for your time, Carol. I know you're very, very busy and I uh, appreciate you uh, really giving your time up. Well, your evening, because uh, come on, just make us jealous. What's, what's your weather like there? It's about 85 degrees oh. and sunny, 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 sunny. <laughs> OK, well, uh, we're, we're, <laughs> we're summertime and uh, it's sort of overcast, but at least I managed to come out without putting a coat on. But, uh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> there's one stuffed in my bag just in case, but <laughs> whether it rains. But thank you, Carol, so, so much for being with us. And uh, please, I'd love to invite you to come back at another time when uh, we can uh, carry on and speak a bit more to you. Fantastic. I'm always open to that. Thank you again. All right. Thank you. And thank you for everybody joining us as well. And uh, we will be back with you very soon. But meantime, take care of yourself and be kind to yourself. So bye for now. Thank you for listening. This podcast was recorded in conjunction with the Chapel FM Art Centre and East Leeds FM radio station. For more information about them and all the good work that they do is www.elfm.co.uk. And to know more about what Linda Sage is doing, her website is www.lindasage.com. Also on all the other social medias.